This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I'm not centered. Okay, great. Just check. Okay, everyone. God creates the world in the present. This moment is the unfolding of infinite into finite. Those things seem to have a timeline, like there's a beginning and an end. There seems to be some kind of linear uh, reality to time. There is no linear reality to time. Things are being created in the moment. For example, if I take this pen up here and I were to drop it to here, according to Kabbalah, it's being recreated in every position from nothingness into somethingness at all times. Now, for those of you who are new, and I will, at the risk of boring uh, my veteran students, we're just going to talk for a second just what we call the four-second proof of God. Not that we're here for proofs of God, but with the four-second proof of God, we'll have a nice launch into the work we're going to do today. Before there was something, what was there? Nothing. Before there was something, there was nothing. Now, that's whether you're a big banger or you are into the book of Genesis. But before there was something, there was nothing. Nothing, when you have absolutely nothing, it makes nothing. Meaning, if there is nothing in my hands, by the way, is there nothing in my hands? Is there nothing in my hands? Is it full? Yes. It's full. Which is an amazing thing. We We haven't done this yet is that the mind can't conceive of nothing. So we use the word nothing for like what's in my hand right now when it's actually full. Your mind can't even think really about nothing, or at least your left brain can't. Your right brain has no problem with it. It actually prefers it. Now, if there was nothing in this room and we boarded up the room and guarded the room, what would be in this room tomorrow if we came back to check? Everyone please say together. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, air is a good answer, but let's, we're going to call that as part of the nothing. You know, and imagine we somehow vacuumed out the air. Okay? And what if we came back like a thousand years later? What would we find inside the room here? Nothing. nothing. What does nothing make? Nothing. Nothing makes nothing. So let's go back. Before there was something, there was nothing. nothing. What does nothing make? Nothing. nothing. Except what? Here we are. Something got made. So the four-second proof of God is before there was something, there was nothing. And since nothing makes nothing, and now that there's something, it must be that the nothing was God. Or should we say, is God, as you'll get to know. So I'm going to say that again. Before there was something, there was nothing. And since nothing makes nothing, and now that there's something, it must be the nothing is now that's an incontrovertible proof that I just made in four seconds. I, it's not my idea. This is the Rambam from a thousand years ago. The great Rambam called this the first cause proof of God. Now, what did God use to create the world? Did he go to Home Depot? Did he go to Costco? If all there was was God, what did God use to create the world? Himself. That's all there was. There was only God. 
So if all there was was God, so the only thing God could have made the world out of would have been whatever God is, which is nothing. Yeah, meaning it's it's whatever our minds can't conceive of. Like my hand has nothing in it, it's full. That's why we say God's inconceivable, because we cannot conceive of such a thing. Meaning it's not nothing, obviously. Nothing would be what's in your cup right now to the human brain. We're talking about something that's so wondrous, so unbelievably beyond our mind capacity, our mental capacity to, to behold it. It is the real nothing, meaning it is the, the actual word nothing, which our mind cannot conceive of. And it is, it is something so fantastic. I mean, just if you look at your own life being orchestrated around you, how is your life being orchestrated around you? Because that means I'm being orchestrated around you. But I have total free will, so how'd that happen? Because you're being orchestrated around me. So like, what's going on here? How is your life being totally orchestrated around you? And so is another seven billion people whose lives are being orchestrated around them. And yet we all have free will. It's mind-boggling. And it's awesome. And it's, and it's, and it's um, inquiry. When we inquire into this, it's amazing. And it, and it just, the more you can delve into this, the more you're blown away. Now, if all there was was God, what did God use to create the world other than God himself? Now, why do we call it him, by the way? Let me just speak about gender for a second. Why is God referred to in the masculine? It's rhetorical. The answer is that all mysticism, whether it's Jewish mysticism, Indian mysticism, Native American mysticism, African mysticism, Amazonian mysticism. There's male and female in everything. Everything's made of male and female, and we're the only ones that, have, I mean, us and palm trees have both. The date palm has both, and we'll be talking about date palms a little later. And that's why we say, Tzadik Katamayifrach, that the Tzadik's like the date palm, how he flowers. He flowers. Usually only the female flower. But Tzadik Katamayifrach, a tzaddik, a holy man, is a master of his male and female properties. He's got the female to connect to God. God is called in the he because, I was answering that question, why is God referred to in the masculine? Because he's causing creation. The causality in our creation is always in the masculine in mysticism. And the receiving of that causality, the actual caused, is called the feminine in all schools of thought. The receiver is always the feminine, and that's why in Hebrew, the word for receiver is nikeva, which means receptacle or receiver. And in Hebrew, the word for masculine is called zahar, which means the causer. For those who are raised observant, this should change your perspective very much on holidays, which we call a zecher, or a, as the, it's badly, um, badly uh, uh, translated as commemoration. But the word of all our holidays is a zecher for something, like Egypt. The zecher for leaving Egypt means 
The energy is coming down of leaving Egypt. It's Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. That's what's coming down right now. So like, for example, Shabbat, we say it's a Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which means your weekdays like Egypt and Shabbat is leaving Egypt. Anytime you see the word Zechel, it's talking about the flow is coming down and everything's male and female. My phone is the male the clasp is the female. The screen on my phone is the male. The frame of the phone is the female. The door is the male. The doorway is the female. The hinge of the door is male and female. The, the windows are male and female. There's nothing you can look at. My buttons, my the weave of my clothing. There's nothing that's not male and female. And you are made of both. Now, men have an issue when it comes to God because men are also asserters. We're born men, so we want to assert. We want to mark every lamppost we walk by. And we therefore have specific commandments to help feminize us, to help us develop our female side. And that's the tzitzis, and that's the tefillin. And that's the shaking the lulav. Not that a woman can't do these things, but these specifically a man must do to develop his full feminine potential so that he can have a relationship with God because all relationships are male and female. All relationships. Even in homosexual relationships, the, uh, there's male and female. There's a dominant and a subdominant. There's an asserter and there's a receiver. It's built into creation. This is one of the dangers of feminism today because you have such powerful women and such wimpy men and it works out perfectly for the first maybe 18 years of the marriage. But later, something happens to women in their mid-30s, late-30s, where they just go intensely female and the femininity goes very strong and she's smelling for a male. She's smelling for a male, but he was knocked off years ago, meaning, meaning there's no male around. And so this is the danger of the, because female likes male. In our generation, the female is the male, and the male is the female in marriage. But later, when she gets to her late 30s, she goes hardcore female. And she's searching for a captain of the ship. And this can be a tremendous downer in marriages. And, and you'll notice a giant spike of divorces, right, when a woman reaches her late 30s. First time in world history we have women throwing men out of the house, trading them in for someone more manly. And it's, a, it's an, an insane, and nothing existed like that. Throughout history, there's a lot of talk of men doing that. But this is the first time in history that we have women doing that while their husband in therapy crying like a little girl. This was all one really long explanation of why God is called he. We do call God she, though, sometimes, when we want to give to God. Now, how do you give to God? Answer, gratitude. Whenever you want to give gratitude to God, we change the gender of how we refer to God from lacha to lach. Modim anachnu lach. Umavarchim osach. We call God in the female when we want to give. How do you give to God? You can't give God anything. But the one thing you can give God is gratitude. And when we want to give gratitude, we ask God, please wear a female hat for us while we give you thanks. 
Now, hang in there. You're starting to fall asleep a little bit. It's all right. I, I, I'm, we're doing right now, this is called talking hypnosis. Have you guys noticed what's going on in here? Yeah. So that's cool. Just go with it. All we're doing is bringing more joy into this room. So, so why not? Um, but you got to be a little careful because if you're sleep deprived a bit, it might start knocking you out. Okay. Could you explain a little bit how that lines up with the Tanakh? Explain a little bit what? what you just said. I mean, said in the beginning that God said, let us create man in our image. Yeah, I'd rather and not. Were, I'd rather not go into that right now. Female was created for male. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So not both. Yeah, so it's not exactly like that, and I don't want to go there right now. Okay. I, I could do a whole class on this, and it, I think we'd enjoy it, but it's not for right now. Okay. Now, the world is being unfolded now by the nothingness. Then God created the world out of itself. What if God were to suddenly pull out? What if God said, you know what, I'm bored, I'm going to a lot. I'm going to a lot. I'm bored. What if God pulled out based on what we, what I've shared so far? What if God just said, you know what? I'm out. Of, I'm out. You know, like sometimes you want to leave a place and you're like, I'm out. What would happen if God said, I'm out? What would happen? It would revert to nothingness. Yes, it would all, the entire creation would revert to nothingness. How, how long would that take? <laughs> how long would that take? You should know he is out every second. This is coming from nothing. So he's already out every second, meaning this is strobing in from nothing. So he's out all the time, and he's in all the time. He's out and in. This is something from nothing at all times. It's wild to think about, because it's not linear. It's not linear. It's beyond our brains a bit. But this is something from nothing at all times. (laughs) Meaning nothing's... Alive and well right now. And yet here we are, being created from this nothing into something. And this is why, for those of you who are, are, who are practitioners, is why when we mention, when we mention uh, how God can act wondrously, like actually do things beyond nature, we say, He's Adona Niflaoid. Niflaot, he's the master of wonder. And then what's the very next thing we say? He's perpetually creating the world from absolute nothingness. The entire ma'asibereshit, the action of creation, the word ma'asibereshit means that, the act of Genesis. He's creating it from absolute nothingness at all times into existence. That's why he's the master of wonder, because there's no job too big for him. There's no healing too big for him. There's no contribution that you'd want to make that he can't pull off for you. I'll show you right now. I'll prove it to you. Everyone raise your hands if you ever wanted something really bad in your life. You ever had a goal or something you wanted as a kid growing up, as an adult. Anyone here ever had something they wanted very much and you went, you put it all in? You went all the way? Yeah, keep your hand. Let's see, instead of a... L, let's see above, please. Straight up, straight up. Okay, uh, please keep your hands up if you got it. So what you see is about 
8% of you got it. Now, that's crazy. Because if there were 7 billion people here and I asked them to do that, we'd have the same numbers. How is everyone getting what they want? Isn't someone got to lose here? With everyone getting what they want, the answer is he's the master of miracle, master of wonder, and he's creating the world from nothing. And it's a no-brainer for God to give you exactly what you want. And somehow we will provide it and, and you'll, we will lack nothing in the process. It's like, it's like a candle loses nothing when you light it to other candles. We're all getting exactly what we want. And you got to be careful, too, because he created the universe to actually give you what you want. And you got to make sure it's what he wants, too, because he'll actually let you get something. Let's try that, too. Raise your hand if you ever wanted something that you shouldn't be wanting, and you also got it. Okay? You know what I'm talking about. He created the world to give you back whatever you vibrationally radiate. It will come to you. He's the master of wonders. He creates the world from nothingness. So there's no nothing in the way of what you would want, whether it be something you want or something you'd want to contribute. Because I think more than anything you want in your life, yeah, more than anything you want in your life, like I'm sure you want some stuff, but I bet more than any of those things, the greatest pleasure you'd have would be what you could contribute if you really dreamed. If you really dreamt of what you could give this world. You know what I'm saying? You have some dreams for the world? And then you just kind of wonder if you could ever make that happen. And what would it take? And that's right about when most people stop trying. You're ability to contribute in the world has the same magic. It has the same exact magic. You can say it even has more. There's not a person in this room, if they wanted a really expensive car, would not have that car probably within a year or two. I've tried that as well. It worked. But that's just for you. How about what you came to contribute? Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. Keep moving on what you got to contribute, and God will make it happen for you. You can move that, whatever that is. Oh, yeah, it's sitting next to you anyway. Welcome. And it's scary to think you could go upstairs afterwards, having not contributed it, and you'll have nothing to say, because you'll be with the Adona Niflo. And all questions will have been answered, except you won't be able to get back to the dream because you're already there. So it's high stakes. And again, it's not like a blues bar in Arizona where you get like an open mic to like, it's not open mic club where you get to like say how difficult it would have been. Because all you had to do was put one foot in front of the other and you would have made a massive difference here. And just because you're hearing a public speaker say this, don't think it's public speaking. It could just be an energy that your family had after you passed away that, that was carried on by them. It could be just a feeling that a storekeeper feels whenever you're there to buy milk. 
your contribution is, we're not discussing quantity, and we're not discussing uh, its reach. We're just talking about what your gift is. And each one of us was born differently. Each one of us is unique with our own special contribution. I feel like I've said way too much, even though you all seem totally locked on. So let's, um, let's back out of everything I've been saying and let's get more experiential here. <laughs> like, if this gets any more experiential, I don't know what's going So <laughs> let's go out to something a little more experiential now because that's what I planned for today. We're going to start with the sounds. And uh, if I can ask you, uh, Jalen, to just uh, shut off the air conditioning so you can hear a little better. Everyone be very quiet, don't move a muscle. Breathe. And experience the unfolding. Get out of your linear brain and get into the unfolding. It's totally accessible to you right now after everything we just said. Close your eyes a moment. Breathe. Open your eyes. If any of you feel still a little bit in the mental chatter, left brain calculations, um, we can all do another quick exercise. Look at your right hand, put it on the table or Put it somewhere where it's resting. And just get very focused on the life force inside your hand. Look at nothing but your hand. Feel the life force inside of there. I mean, it is alive. There's blood pumping through there, nerves firing away. Look only at your hand. Focus on nothing but your hand. Look at your hand and focus on nothing but your hand. The life force inside your hand. What this is doing by you constantly focusing on the life force in your hand is it's quarantine. We're creating a quarantine for your left brain, the calculating brain. So it has only your hand to think about. Focus on nothing but the life force in your hand that you're looking at. And now what you're going to do is stay focused only on the life force of your hand as you slowly look upward towards me again. But slowly, stay focused only on the life force of your hand. Look around at me, look up, stay focused on your hand. Breathe, focusing only on your hand. And now notice how much more vivid I am, meaning how more clear I am to your vision while you're focusing only on your hand. Only on your hand you're focusing. Listen to the sound. sound of the music, staying focused only on your hand. There's no music because it's uh, reloading. I made the mistake of uh, shutting it off. It'll get, it'll get there. So we're going to burn a little sage. 
which is Israeli sage. It's the sweetest sage. There's hundreds of species of sage. Uh, some species of sage would actually take you on a long journey. And um, focusing on your hand for a second and hearing the music. Listen how clear, how vivid the sights. Focusing on the unfolding of creation, the here and the now. Take that lighter. We're gonna smell some very sweet Israeli sage and give our noses a little, little tickle, just to get a sense of it. But this again, I'm focusing you. We're on the unfolding of. Hashem into creation and getting in touch with senses because think about it God lined your body with pleasure centers he wants you to interface with them and he gave you nerve endings in greater quantity in certain places obviously the eyes have a tremendous amount of nerve endings and the audio oral nerves the audio nerves are Tremendously concentrated. Taste buds. Smell is spiritual. It's, it's, uh, you don't even need to have a direct contact with that which is burning to smell it. You'll see you all smell the same. Tell me when you smell it in the back row. Look at how little smoke we got here. Tell me when it hits the back row. You'll see its quantity can't possibly be enough to fill this room. When the pleasure of the smell hits you, close your eyes and take a deep breath. And feel the presence of God in your smell, in your sense of smell. Smell back there yet? Got anything yet? Some good sights going on too. So I'll take a little walk. Israel sage, which is just so amazing. Close, once you smell it, just close your eyes and get in touch with the unfolding of creation. with their eyes closed and just translating all of this into the experience called love. 
none of this really exists in any empirical way. Even the physicists today understand that this is all happening vibrationally. yourself drift away into that oneness experience of love and connection with the divine God is fusing with creation at all times but even more specifically fusing with you spent any time lonely or wanting realize right now there's no loneliness and there's no wanting also realize there's nothing wrong right now meaning you may have stuff you got to deal with in your life but in this moment of being able to interface connect with Hashem God as he unfolds himself into the creation from nothing into something. There is nothing wrong here. Consciousness is being created now. Realize also you've been completely beyond memory this whole time. There is no real connection to past nor future when you're in this zone. Which puts you in a place of possibility possibilities now open to you. Obviously anything that would limit you would have to come from memory. But when you're fused into this unfolding of infinite into finite, there is no past nor future. There is only the unfolding of now, which is infectious in its nature. You'll notice after this class, as you walk around, as long as you stay in this 
space, you'll notice that people will have a magnetic attraction toward you. They'll want to be in your presence. And you'll find yourself blessing people in your heart, enabling them as well, lighting their candle without your candle losing any bit of its light while their candle burns bright independently. Now, with the count of five, at five, we'll open up our eyes. Coming up, one, two, three, four, five. Opening up your eyes. Can you turn on that? Graylin, if you can turn the lights back on. We're going to finish with taste. I brought for you the only thing I was going to eat today. And I just decided to cut it up for you guys. Uh, top switch the lights. So you're going to get a little goopy, but that's also part of the experience. So what we got here is uh, uh, the top switch of the lights. Please. What you're going to get is um, a little bit of date. There's also some. Uh, there's also some walnut. I, I basically I checked dates uh, this morning. We check our dates for making sure there's no bugs or anything. And then I put almond, I put walnuts in it. For, you know, it was going to be my lunch, but now it's going to be yours. And we're all going to make a blessing together and close our eyes and experience heaven in the mouth. Okay, so everyone take. You can use the spoon if you want, or your finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just grab. Yeah, please. So pass that around. Everyone take a little bit of date. Uh, you'll have to be a little sticky, but it'll be worth it. Don't eat it. We're going to, uh, can you eat yours? No, 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 <laughs> take a little more. I got it. We're, we're not going to eat it. We're going to make a blessing together just to shoot it up. Sorry that it uh, looks a little funky. It's just, it only looks funky because I, I had to cut it with a plastic knife. <laughs> I cut it with a plastic knife and a spoon. So that's what I have. And it has no human contact except for when I washed my hands before I checked them this morning. Second take. Grab your own piece of goop. Have some goop, everybody. Again, it's. Uh, I washed my hands with soap this morning. Put it in the bag. <coughs> to creation in the now, which is called elocus, it's the feminine form, so to speak, of how 
God shows up down here in our pleasure centers. Uh, you ready? We're going to make the blessing uh, one breath per blessing or word. Maybe tomorrow I'll do this, all six words. Um, I'll teach you all six words. Ready? Inhale. Oh. in your mouth, your eyes closed, breathing, putting it all together from the smell to the sound to the touch to the taste. And even though your eyes are closed, there are certain sights, even in the dark. This is why we cover our eyes when we say Shema, because it's undifferentiated when you, when you look at the darkness. class, Rabbi Neckemeyer is coming on, and I'm eating the rest. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. It was a pleasure. It was a real pleasure. <laughs> um, ladies, I have, uh, I have invites for my next event. Did you get invites? Um, do you mind giving those to ladies in the back? And this lady here. I have a women's program coming up, so she's got invites. Okay, everybody. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.